Welcome to the More Than a Physique podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, online fitness coach, content creator, and competitive bodybuilder and powerlifter. In this podcast, we help you discover your inner athlete. Each episode will enhance your life as we provide you insights on all things health, fitness, and personal development. Now let's bring out your inner athlete. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the More Than a Physique podcast, where we discuss ways to ignite all areas of your life surrounding health, fitness, and becoming mentally elite. I'm your host, Kristen Jansen, certified strength and conditioning specialist, sports nutritionist, and a certified pre- and postnatal coach with the Natty Hour. Before we get into today's episode, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, Legion and the Natty Hour. Legion is an evidence-based supplement company that takes pride in ensuring that all products are backed by peer-reviewed scientific literature and are dosed at clinically effective levels. If you've been following me long enough, you know that I'm not one to push something that I don't believe in, especially supplements. But the fact that Legion has gone to great lengths to ensure such quality products is the reason why I have partnered up with them. If you are interested in learning more, be sure to visit legionathletics.com. You will also receive 20% off your first order if you use my code Jansen, J-A-N-Z-E-N, at checkout. Further information and links are in the show notes. Also, a huge shout out to The Natty Hour, which is my online coaching business that I run with my husband, Kyle Jansen. We exist to serve the drug-free strength and fitness community, from those who embody the discipline and determination to pursue the highest level of competition naturally, to those looking to improve their overall health and lifestyle. Our athletes range from being elite bodybuilders to the new mom looking to prioritize her health amongst a hectic schedule. Be sure to visit thenattyhour.com to learn more. Thank you so much for supporting the More Than a Physique podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode on your social media. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 90. In this week's episode, I actually just want to take some time today to talk about my journey with learning how to track my macronutrients. The reason why I thought that this might be a uh, fun yet informative episode is because I've just had a lot of people asking me what my experience with learning to track my macronutrients has been like. So thought I would take you guys back to the beginning and discuss everything that I have learned, everything that I have done wrong, and uh, kind of see where I am at currently today. So when did it all start? This is so crazy to think about. Kyle and I really started getting into the gym and just our fitness and health-related goals back when we were in university. I believe we were like in our second year, so it would have been around... 2009 and 2010, which is so crazy to think about. But at the time when we were starting to get into the gym, that's kind of where it started is focusing more so on 
our training versus paying attention to the nutrition side of things. You know, going to the gym, learning new things was fun. The only thing that I kind of was paying attention to with my nutrition was making sure that I got in a uh, post-workout protein shake within 20 minutes after hitting the gym. For whatever reason, I was a sucker for that myth that a lot of people have experienced firsthand. And that is if you don't get in your protein shake within 20 to 30 minutes after you're done training, the whole workout was for nothing. So first and foremost, I created a lot of anxiety around my nutrition. As I started to pull back the layers and wanna learn more about the process of uh, optimizing my performance in the gym and seeing just some body composition changes that I was hoping for, I went on to bodybuilding.com. That was a really popular, a very helpful, free resource at the time. It still is to this day, to be honest with you. I think bodybuilding.com is a, is a great resource for a lot of people who are just getting started. And I found this uh, free program by one of their trainers and I was already actually following it prior to paying attention to my nutrition, but I was only paying attention to the gym side of things. So again, when I reached that point where I'm like, hey, I'm not really seeing many changes in my physique, it's time to like take my nutrition more seriously because obviously the post-workout shake isn't doing a whole heck of a lot and I need more, obviously. So I started paying attention to the nutrition side of things and started following the meal plan. This was my first experience firsthand with following a meal plan. And there was nothing wrong with it. There was, you know, some fun, yummy recipes that were available. But one of the points that really stands out to me that was being emphasized in the meal plan was to avoid sugar, not having too much sugar. And at the time, I didn't really understand the concept of calories and energy balance or anything like that. The uh, lack of resources and information was very much a real thing. So it took a long time to even understand that concept. So I was reading from this person who was shredded. I wanted to look like her telling me not to have sugar. Okay, she clearly knows what she's doing and what she's saying. I'm gonna do what she says. And I turned into a Nazi. I wouldn't buy any products that had more than five grams of sugar in it. And I started actually tracking what I was eating because I just wanted to pay attention to how much sugar I was consuming. So that was my first experience with tracking my calories. It was with the intention of making sure that I wasn't over consuming sugar. While this was happening, Kyle uncovered the concept known as IIFYM, if it fits your macros. And he went in a complete opposite direction where he saw what I was going through mentally and all of the foods that I was saying no to. Like, I'm a cereal monster. I love cereal, yummy, sugary cereal. Every single one under the sun, I would, I would honestly call myself like a cereal connoisseur. I love cereal. And I started cutting that out where I wasn't having my cinnamon toast crunch, my corn pops, frosted flakes, whatever cereal I was craving that day. I started saying no to it. And Kyle saw all this. He's like, yeah, you're, you, you go that way. I'm going to go this way. So he started doing some research with IIFYM at the time, if it fits your macros. And, uh, 
it took him a long time to try to figure out how to determine what his macronutrient breakdown should be. The amount of uh, research that he had to do and calculations that he had to do was insane. I was going to school for accounting where I'm like, I don't want to do anything in, in addition with numbers. I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to learn how to calculate my macros or anything like that. And there wasn't like any like free calculators online at the time. He literally had to uh, Google how to determine his macronutrient targets and, uh, you know, use the different methods that were available. He probably used like the Cunningham method for those who are familiar with determining your total daily energy expenditure. That's a very popular calculation. So he did it though. He took the time, he did his research and eventually determined what was going to be a suitable target for him. At the same time too, his brother was wanting to lose a little bit of weight. So Kyle calculated his macros as well and uh, gave him targets and the both of them started tracking their macros. And this wasn't, you know, like flexible dieting where there was the 80-20 method like there is now where 80% of your foods, you wanna make sure that you're eating whole nutrient dense options and then the 20% of your calories have a treat here and there. No, 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 like they both went like full IIFYM style. So for those who don't know what I mean, I'll quickly differentiate flexible dieting versus IIFYM. That's even for why even for myself, I don't even refer to flexible dieting as if it fits your macros anymore because there's a very different mentality as to these different approaches. So, and this is often why people get turned off by flexible dieting. They think that it's an unhealthy way of consuming whatever you want. So if it fits your macros, that's all that matters with that concept. That's why I think it's so important to remember that flexible dieting and IIFYM are two very different things. So IIFYM typically means what it means if it fits your macros and call it a day. So in other words, they were having everything under the sun. And for any of the uh, people listening who have been around since IIFYM started, since it's been a thing, the popular food to consume at the time was Pop-Tarts. You know, there was this association that, hey, if I have a Pop-Tart, if it's within my macros and I'm losing weight, that is considered to be if it fits your macros. So I'm sitting back here watching them for weeks on end, months on end, and uh, seeing Kyle's brother actually lose weight. And, uh, Meanwhile, I'm cutting out all of the sugar, not paying attention to my actual macros, not paying attention to how much protein, carbs, or fats that I've been consuming. I'm just stressing about making sure that I'm not over consuming sugar. I kind of had a bit of a wake up call just seeing their experience and decided like, okay, it's time to give this a try. Even though I'm afraid to consume more sugar, I don't wanna be unhealthy, I don't wanna gain a bunch of weight, I'm clearly seeing something like from an observational standpoint that there's a disconnect here with the information that I'm reading and what is actually happening here. So I started, I asked Kyle, I'm like, hey, I need you to uh, spend a day like you did for you and then a day for your brother and determine my macronutrients because it took a long time at the time 
to uh, do the calculation because of, like I said previously, there was no calculators available online. So he was willing to do it. So that way I can actually start enjoying some food with him. I didn't have to be such a Nazi and audit every single product that we put in our grocery cart, making sure that there wasn't a high amount of sugar in the product and spend hours, not hours, but spend a significant amount of time at the grocery store finding an alternative brand that was lower in sugar. He was very motivated for me to learn the process of tracking my macros with him. So it was a tough mentality to uh, break with consuming more foods that I enjoyed. And to be honest with you, consuming even more foods that quote unquote aren't considered to be all that healthy. I definitely wasn't applying the 80-20 method at all. I uh, started having all of the amazing cereals again and uh, then some, all of the amazing foods, but I was also making sure that I was getting in enough protein as well and paying attention to my macro targets and slowly letting go the fear of sugar. So I know that a lot of people can probably hear that and think, even myself, like saying it back, you know, thinking like, ooh, that's not all that healthy, you know, to uh, be consuming all of that processed food and all of these different foods that quote unquote aren't gonna help you with your longevity of life, with your overall health and wellness. But I think I really did need to go through that experience because it allowed me to let go of this notion that there are good versus bad foods. And it allowed me to continue to just expand my knowledge and eventually transition to a more flexible dieting approach. And that was the evolution of it. Once I started to feel more comfortable that, hey, having, you know, over 50 grams of sugar a day isn't going to make me fat, I eventually started to not want that much sugar. I eventually started to want those specific items less. And I found it to be very interesting that once I kind of let go of uh, this restriction that I was placing on myself that I can't have sugar, that I can't have these quote unquote bad foods, and I started to eat them more, indirectly in time, I started to eat them less without even trying. I started to eat them less because simply I just didn't want them anymore. I didn't feel restricted to the point where I'm never gonna have these items again. And I think a lot of people go through that and that's something that I work through with my clients because you know in the beginning, a lot of people, they go through that with the mentality like, oh, there's good foods versus bad foods. Kristen, you know, with us doing our coaching, what foods can I have and which foods can I not have? And I always have that conversation with them where I'm like, no foods are off limits. I still want you to consume the foods that you enjoy, but as well too, prioritizing having more protein in your diet, prioritizing still having lots of fruits and lots of vegetables. And it's a tough mentality for people to still think that, hey, on a fat loss program, I'm gonna have the foods that I wanna have, but still see the results that I'm looking for. People kind of have to go through that for themselves in order to fully understand like, hey, it's gonna be okay. And then in time, it's funny, they indirectly start 
to not have those foods that they're craving as much. It's kind of like when you rebel as a teenager, right? Where your parents tell you you can't do something, you can't date that boy, you can't go to this party. And what happens to us? We typically want to go more. We want to date that boy even more. We want to go to that party even more. Whereas in reverse, if we were allowed to date that boy, we were allowed to go to that party, we may not want to go as much. We may not want to date that boy as much. We always want what we can't have that very much is psychological in nature so a lot of us go through that regardless if it's our food or an action or just something personal in our life so i went through that first and foremost like i said previously once i started to realize like hey i can have these foods that i'm craving but you know, I think I need to start trying to have different foods as well. I started to explore some different foods that I never really would have had, you know, such as more fruits, more vegetables, more whole nutrient dense foods, more grains, more complex carbohydrates, all of these different things that allowed me to evolve from implementing an IIFYM approach to adopting a flexible dieting lifestyle. So for those who don't know, flexible dieting, it's the process of consuming foods that you love within moderation. It allows foods that fit within your specific daily macronutrient targets. And this way of eating, it provides dieters the freedom in their food choices, which actually may help keep weight off over time and create a positive and healthy relationship with food. And this is something that I experienced firsthand. A lot of people go through this too. A lot of my athletes notice this as well, where them having the independence to select the foods that they want to eat each day has allowed them to actually sustain their fat loss results or sustain their body composition related goals. And there often is reservations with flexible dieting because it does involve the process of counting your macros. And some people think, you know, why not just follow a meal plan? It's less work. I don't have to calculate my macronutrients. I felt that at first as well too, when I originally started following the meal plan that was telling me to avoid sugar. But from, from my experience, a meal plan, it just doesn't teach you how to make adaptable decisions when it comes to your food choices and preferences. So for example, say the meal plan allows you to have a banana, two rice cakes, and uh, 30 grams of peanut butter for lunch, but your work brings in pizza and it smells really good and you're dying to have a slice, but you limit yourself to one slice and then you feel awful afterwards. Who has experienced this? I know I have in the past where I just feel so guilty not realizing that maybe the calorie profile for one slice of pizza, it may have been very similar to your lunch on your meal plan. People often see it as I'm on the meal plan or I'm off the meal plan. And it does cause us to create a black and white mentality that we follow the meal plan. Therefore, I did good or I didn't follow the meal plan. Therefore, I did bad, which often isn't the case at all. So from my experience, tracking my macronutrients has been something that has allowed me to actually better my relationship with food. I have found this to be the case for a lot of people and the majority of my clients. While there are other approaches that are 
going to be more suitable for specific individuals. I think it's worth noting that, hey, you know what? It's a tool. It's meant to be a tool because I think a lot of people think at first that, hey, tracking my macros is going to make me obsessive. It's going to make me want to focus too much on food and create a bad relationship with food. And at the end of the day, I think it's important to uh, understand that Everybody is different and you know yourself better than anybody else. You know what's going to work for you and what's not going to work for you. The point of this episode though is to hope shed just some different light onto people to understand like, hey, you know what? It's just a tool and it can be a very effective tool for a lot of people. Another common concern that I hear from a lot of people is, does tracking your macros make you obsessive? And who knows? It might to some degree, but... What about, you know, hitting the gym on your birthday, saying no to alcohol at social gatherings, pacing around your house so you hit your 10,000 step goal for the day? So, you know what? Perhaps. Perhaps tracking your macros makes you obsessive, but I think it's important to maybe take a step back and ask yourself, in addition to that, is being obsessive a bad thing? I heard this quote the other day and it said that obsessive and greatness are neighbors and often they borrow sugar. So from my perspective, I I look at it like this. The fact that you are a human being makes you obsessive in nature. It's how we are wired, right? So to me, it makes more sense to channel your obsessions to something productive versus trying to constantly fight a natural urge. Because if you take a step back and take a look at what you're obsessing about each day, guaranteed a lot of those obsessions are being spent on things that we can't control. The weather, the pandemic, if people like us, the passing of time, the future. So instead, you know, why not spend those obsessions that we all know we have on something that's going to better our life, right? Like, I don't know, our health. So start to normalize obsessing over eating healthy, hitting your protein, exercising daily, staying hydrated, tracking your calories. You know, tracking our calories is no different than our need to track our finances so we don't go bankrupt, to track our mileage to make sure our car doesn't blow up, to track the time so we're not late for a meeting. It's for the same purpose. It's meant to make sure that we are on track for where we are trying to go. It's honestly a beautiful thing when we stop obsessing over the things that we can't control and be okay with obsessing over the things that we can control. Now, having said that, tracking your macros is a tool. Does that mean this is something that you should do forever? And I'm very excited to uh, say there's going to be a point probably later this year where I'm actually going to, you know, put tracking my macros on the back burner. I'm finally at a point right now where I feel happy with my progress. I feel ready to be in a maintenance phase with my physique and explore some different alternatives. Try to focus more so on intuitive eating. And that's the next chapter for me where adopting an intuitive eating approach is my end goal. And honestly, it should be everybody's end goal. 
tracking your macros is not something that you have to do forever. And I think a lot of people often forget that and think that, oh my gosh, this is so hard. It's so much work and I'm going to have to do this forever. Well, if you want to optimize your timeline with your body composition related goals, remembering that this is a tool that's going to allow you to get there quicker and being okay with it, being a temporary tool can be a very helpful perspective to honor that struggle and the obstacles that you're going to face with it and remembering that, hey, this isn't your forever. So I'll keep you guys posted when I start to implement an intuitive eating approach. I do think that it'll be a very slow transition because like I said, I first started tracking my macros. So if we, we, we started our fitness related journey in like 2009, 2010, it was probably like a year later that I really started getting serious with actually tracking. So 2010, 2011, so it's been over 10 years where I've been tracking my macros, which is so crazy to think about. So I'm not gonna quit cold turkey. I'm gonna take a progressive approach and um, slowly transition out of tracking. And I'll probably wait a little bit later until like early, late spring or early summer. So if you guys want to know a little bit more about that journey, do me a huge favor and uh, share this podcast episode on your social media. So that way I am indicated that, hey, you know what? I would love to see that future episode and I'll be sure to share that with you all in the near future. That about wraps up this episode. I really do hope that you all found it to be helpful. Like I said, my purpose with sharing this episode is just to hopefully shed some light because I know that there can be a lot of concerns with the approach of tracking your macros. There's a lot of unknowns in the beginning, but I think it's important to just kind of jump in with both feet. Remember that it's meant to be just a tool for you to accomplish your goals. So maybe first and foremost, ask yourself, like, what are my goals? What am I trying to accomplish? And is this going to be a suitable option for me to get there in a timely manner? If so, then embrace each step of the way. And remember that like everything else in life, when you're learning something new, you need to be a beginner before you become an expert. You need to learn to walk before you can run. Most of us had to have training wheels on our bikes before we can ride without training wheels. That's just the game of life with learning a new skill set so embrace it trust in your ability to figure it out and don't be afraid of implementing it and lastly remember that it isn't your forever it's just a tool that's going to help you get to where you want to be which is hopefully to live a long healthy and happy life Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode as a thank you to me, please do me a huge favor and share this podcast episode on your social media. Maybe share it as well too to somebody who would find this episode helpful. And then lastly, if you haven't already, please take two minutes here to leave the podcast a five-star review. It only takes a couple of minutes here and it helps out more than you know. It would honestly mean the world to me if you make sure that you leave it a five-star review, regardless if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Music. Thank you all so much. I look forward to chatting with you all again very soon, but until then, go out there, strive for more, be more, and ignite your inner athlete.